Would you join me in a word of prayer as we begin? Almighty God, we now invoke your presence here, knowing that you are in all places and in all things. So our request is that you would, by your grace and mercy, by the power of your spirit and your word, allow us to sense and know your presence here among us. And may you be glorified in that presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We'd like to welcome you all to Roberts Grove Original Free Will Baptist Church. What a beautiful and glorious day it is to be together and to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Today being Memorial Day Sunday. And we are so delighted that you are able to be with us. Before we begin the worship service, uh, we'd like to make a few announcements. Um, first of all, if, um, if you are not getting the church emails, then it's because we don't have your email address or we may have the wrong address. Um, if you have emails and you would like to receive our email announcements and the links to things, bulletins and prayer lists, then just be sure we have your, your correct email address. Uh, the uh, announcements are in the bulletins that are emailed out, and if you, um, if you do need a bulletin uh, and don't, uh, don't have one available to you, there are some printed ones available, though the, um, the preferred method is for you to print those off yourself or to view them on your device. That's the safest way that we can, can do that. Um, the um, missions offerings for... Uh, April, May, uh, excuse me, March, April, and May are still open. If you would like to make a contribution to, to any of those denominational ministries for foreign missions, home missions, or the children's home, then uh, you may certainly uh, give those uh, to uh, the, the treasurer through the various means that we have available for making those offerings and just indicate which ministry you'd like that offering to go to. And that is in addition to your normal tithes and offerings that you, uh, that you give. Next Sunday will be a fifth Sunday, the fifth Sunday in the month of March, March 31st. And our tradition is to have a uh, combined Sunday school lesson on fifth Sunday and no worship service. And that will be the tradition that we follow next Sunday. So no drive-in worship next Sunday. The, Sunday School lesson will be taught by Miss Susan Faircloth. We're delighted to have her to uh, be our guest teacher next Sunday. And so you'll be able to watch that online or to hear it uh, on the telephone or on the podcasting when they become available. So next Sunday will be Sunday School lesson only because of Fifth Sunday. If you do have tithes and offerings, uh, we will receive those today in buckets, but uh, there are other methods. There's a, a digital method that you can use. Just go to our church website, robertsgrovechurch.com, and you can click on Give, or you can send it to our P.O. Box, uh, P.O. Box 1173, done, 28-335. Today being the Sunday before Memorial Day, we're going to follow another tradition of our church and we're going to be placing, or we have placed flags already in our church cemetery um, to um, honor and remember those who have uh, served, but especially those who have given their life in service to their country, which is the primary purpose for Memorial Day. Now one of the things that we normally do is we, um, that we aren't able to do as well is we normally read off the, the names of those in our church family who, uh, who served and have a family member to come and receive a flag in their honor and place it in the cemetery here or uh, in a cemetery where they are or to just take it home as a remembrance. And it remains there until July 4th. Um, I am going to read those names today and just give a moment of pause as we consider the sacrifices that have been made uh, everywhere, but especially among our own church family for freedom and liberty. <clears throat> Most recent to, uh, to leave us have been Gene Honeycutt, Relsie Naylor, Glennis Spell. Other names remembered today. Private First Class Henry on O'Shell Baggett, World War II, Army. E-5 Ray Barefoot, United States 
Infantry Army. Captain Norbert Bass, United States Marines, World War II. Captain Marvin C. Bass, World War II. John Harold Copeland. E2 Felton Dale, United States Army Infantry. Sergeant John Thomas Faircloth, United States Army Korean War. Robert Lee Grantham Jr., United States Air Force. John Robert Hare, War War, World War I. North, North Carolina Private First Class Raymond Honeycutt, World War II. Staff Sergeant Brian Ray Jackson, United States Air Force, Korean War. SP-4 Larry Max Jackson, United States Army, Korean War. North Carolina Private O.M. Jackson, World War II. Grover Jackson, North Carolina Corps 294. Sergeant First Class James Evans Jackson, North Carolina National Guard. Chaplain Sam Jackson, United States Army, Korea. Corporal Sam Jackson, United States Army, Korean War. Sampson B. Jackson, CSA Captain, Lower Mingo Militia, 6th Regiment, Brigade. Corporal William A. Jackson, CSA 2nd Company, A 2nd Artillery Regiment, 36th Regiment. Bobby A. Jackson, National Guard Tank Gunner. Private Grady C. Lee, United States Army, World War, War One, Excuse me, Two. Sergeant E. Five Demery Naylor, Port Battalion Army, World War Two. Retired Master Chief Petty Officer Bobby L. Phillips, United States Navy. First Lieutenant William H. Richardson, Marine Corps, Korean War. Corporal Woodrow Spell, United States Army, World War II. Vernon Tew, United States Army, World War II. Sergeant Theodore Austin Tew, Army Air Force, World War II. Hernan Cecil Tew, World War II. Private Newburn Tew, Company, Company ICSA, Nominated for gallantry at the Battle of Chancellorsville. Private First Class Marion Tew, Company K, 323rd Infantry, World War II. Private John Thomas Warren, Company K, CSA. Machinist Mate Two, Lewis Young, United States Navy, World War II. Those veterans who are buried here, or uh, buried at other cemeteries, Austin Chestnut, World War II. Bill Jackson, World War II, Army. Doyle Wise, World War II. Albert Mack Hawley, boat's mate, United States Navy. Edward H. Wood, Army, World War II. And Alan Bass, World War I. Is there anyone that we have overlooked? Let's pause for a moment of silent remembrance uh, for those who have served our country and especially those who have given life's last measure of devotion. Would you join me in a moment of silent prayer and remembrance? Let's pray. Amen. For our call to worship this morning, we'll be reading from Psalm 85, verses 6 through 9. Hear these words of the Lord. Will you not revive us again, so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will, say, will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him. 
that his glory may dwell in our land. As we begin this morning, we're going to um, enter into our normal traditional time of prayer and communion with God by our own silent prayers. I will then lead us in a time of pastoral-led uh, corporate prayer, and then we'll pray together the Lord's model prayer in unison. Would you join me in a moment of silent prayer to center ourselves and prepare ourselves for worship? Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. And as we are gathered here in the beauty of this day, the bright sunshine and the, and the calm air and the warm feelings and the sound of, of birds and, and sounds of nature all around us, we are reminded of your creation and your purpose. And Father, we sometimes can be overwhelmed by our circumstances, but in moments like this, in stillness and in quiet, and in observance, we begin to see that you are still present and you are always at work. So Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have. Thank you for the gift of, of worship and relationship with you and for the blessings of our relationships with others. Though each, Father, are required of, require work of us and effort, the benefits of them are far beyond um, anything that we could imagine. Help us to be more responsible and more, more grateful and um, more enduring of the relationships we have with you and with each other. Father, as we worship today, we certainly remember those that uh, we, we are uh, considering in Memorial Day, those who have given their lives in service to their country and to the causes of our nation and to the cause of freedom. Father, we stand... Uh, upon their shoulders and reap the benefits of the, of the things that they have earned for us. And we give thanks to, them, to you today for them. Comfort their families. Their lives have been very different because of their loss. We scarcely know how things would have been different if some of these men and women would have lived to old age. But Father, you have been with us even in their absence and we thank you for that. Father, we realize that in the midst of our pandemic situation that there are many needs, there are many um, decisions to be made and many attitudes to be uh, considered and adjusted if we need to. Help us to be mindful of you in the midst of our circumstances and to respond as we should and to, and to not be overwhelmed in these things. And Father, for those who are going through difficult times unrelated to our current pandemic, Help them to understand that their plights are not forgotten, that they are not overshadowed, and that they are still loved and cared for. And Father, we pray now that those that aren't able to be with us today, those who are um, at home or those who are traveling with family on much needed times of, of rest, Father, we just pray that you would be with them and that we would all join in worldwide into these things, uh, into prayer for these things and join together in the one prayer that Jesus gave us as his model for us all, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We will be receiving an offering uh, today as usual. And um, our church has been very faithful during this time. And I greatly appreciate that faithfulness. Uh, we do know that this current situation has affected people in different ways. Uh, so respond as the Lord would lead you and know that he'll bless you if you do so. Our offertory sentence this morning uh, is from Psalm 68, verses 5 through 6. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives to the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in a parched land. And for your offertory acts today, remember you can give in 
a variety of ways. You can go to the church website to give electronically. You can send your um, checks into uh, the P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 1173 Dunn, 28335. And there are also buckets here that you can leave your offering in today if you feel led to do so. Our scripture and proclamation today will be based on God's word from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, and then chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 14, and 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. You know, today being the Sunday before Memorial Day, it is appropriate for us to, uh, to give pause as we have, and, and, and as I will allude to in these remarks that I'm about to make, uh, we have a great deal to be thankful for. And just in response um, to, to this, I want you to, um, with your horns, if, if there is no better way, if you, have, if you are a family member, or a descendant, or a veteran, would you just blow your horn? Veterans, family members? Okay, that's a lot of horns. Service to our nation is something that is often overlooked. The sacrifices that are made are sometimes forgotten as we get busy with going on with life in times of peace. But it is appropriate on days like today that we stop and pause and think about what we have been through and think about those who have, who have served. And Veterans Day is an important day that we celebrate later in the year, um, and we want to be thankful for all of those who serve in, in, in all of our branches of service, regardless of how long and in what way. But especially on Memorial Day, we remember those who have died in service to their country. <clears throat> and as I've been thinking about Memorial Day and preparing for this, uh, this particular message, uh, it came to, to my heart's attention that um, we oftentimes on Memorial Day think back to the, um, the Battle of Europe, the, the Battle of the Pacific in World War II. That's not the only war that we've, that we've fought, and it's certainly not the only war that we remember. So I want to, to take a little different turn today than what we normally would do and think about a different war. In 1982, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial was dedicated in Washington, D.C. Inscribed on that wall are the names of approximately 58,000 members of the United States Armed Forces who have died or are missing as a result of that war. Over the following years, additional names have been added to the wall in memory of those killed in Vietnam as they were discovered. Of those who survived, 75,000 were severely disabled. One third of those were 100% disabled. 5,000 283 lost limbs and 1,081 sustained multiple amputations. Over 2.7 million Americans served in uniform in Vietnam and that represented 9.7% of their generation, nearly 1 in 10. With such high numbers, it is natural to feel sympathetic toward that generation. It must have been a horrible experience for them to be sent off to such an awful war. But here is something I have learned recently that puts all of that into a new perspective, that brings a new perspective to that generation. Though two-thirds of those who served in World War II were drafted, you may be surprised to hear 
that two-thirds of those who served in Vietnam were volunteers. 91% of Vietnam veterans say they are glad they served. And 74% say they would serve again, even knowing the outcomes. Clearly, there have been greatly overlooked sacrifices in other generations as well. Now, if you are a family member or a descendant of one of these brave heroes who died in Vietnam, if you have a family member who served or, excuse me, who who served and, excuse me, who died and served in Vietnam. If you have a family member who died in Vietnam, blow your horn real quick. Okay, there are some. Absolutely. If you are a family member or a descendant of one of those who survived and came home, blow your horn. Okay, there are some, perhaps a few more. If you yourself are one of those who served in Vietnam, would you blow your horn so that we can see you and hear you and say thank you? If you served in Vietnam, would you blow your horn? Thank you. Thank you. And if you wish to give honor and respect to these and other Vietnam veterans and their families for their sacrifices, would you now blow your horns? My how times have changed. One might think that once a tour of duty in Vietnam was complete, the natural thing to do would be to come home and to return to the safety of normal life, knowing that you had done your duty but that is often not the choice of the soldier in Vietnam. According to the October 7, 1964 issue of the New York Times, and they were quoting The Observer, which is an Army Weekly publication, about half of all personnel whose initial tour ends in Vietnam sign up for another term. One half. In 1964, of those who completed their term in Vietnam, re-enlisted. The average in the Army up to that point had been about 20%. The article went on to say there are three things they believe is responsible for the high re-enlistment rate at Vietnam at that time. First, an interest in seeing the mission completed. Second, the fact that service there was a professional war-geared operation. People knew what to do. And they liked working with people who knew what to do. And third, the existence of a greater feeling of accomplishment there than in any other place of Army service. And that got me to thinking a little bit about this last sermon in this series, Revive Us Again, rejoicing to share in Christ's sufferings. What is it that made the Vietnam soldier rejoice and be glad to re-enlist multiple times in some cases to go back and to stay in the fight? And what can we learn from them and what can we learn from God's Word and the example of Jesus Christ that can encourage us today to do the same thing. We're going to conclude this sermon series today, and I hope that it has been meaningful to you. And I hope as we conclude it today, you will see that there are more than ample reasons for us to stay in the fight, to continue the mission, to see it on to success, and to rejoice to share in Christ's sufferings. Hear these words of the Lord from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with verse 12, and 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. Beloved, 
Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has taken place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary the devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Today we will conclude our worship series entitled Revive Us Again, which has been aimed at helping us see God at work in us, around us, and through us during this seemingly uncertain time. However, we have learned in this series that as Christians, things aren't as uncertain as they may seem. As Christians, our hope is in God and his plan to revive us again with indescribable and glorious joy, bought with the precious blood of Jesus as we follow in his steps, letting ourselves be built into a spiritual house fearing not what they fear, but rejoicing to share in Christ's sufferings. Now, in part one of the series, in way of review, we saw that we can experience living hope and an indescribable joyous glory in our circumstances, knowing that even now we are receiving salvation. Our salvation is being worked out right now. How can we go wrong? In part two, we saw that because of the precious blood of Jesus, we can prepare our minds now for action to come. We live in a reverent respect for God and love one another as he commands. In part three, we considered our calling to live, to think, and do differently as we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, following a different path to a bright, certain, and eternal future. In part four, we saw that God's people are to be built into a spiritual house through adoption into the family of God with Jesus Christ as the first and the chief cornerstone. God is using then our current circumstances not to overwhelm us, but to show us a better way of living as his adopted sons and daughters who are making right choices based on who we are. And last Sunday in part five, fearing not what they fear, we saw that Christians need not be afraid of suffering for doing what is good because it brings blessings and it is better for us to suffer for doing God's will than it is to suffer for doing that which is evil. Some are afraid to suffer, to speak up, and to enter unknown chaotic situations for the sake of righteousness, but not us because of Christ we fear not what they fear. And today we will continue and conclude with this message in part six. And I hope that it has been a blessing to you as we conclude this, ser this series with the sermon entitled uh, Rejoicing to Share in Christ's Sufferings. As a Vietnam soldier was glad to re-enlist, we need to stay in the fight because God has something wonderful for us if we persevere to the end. Now, very quickly today, I want to make three points. 
from this passage. First of all, from verse 12, understand life is not always easy. We know that. But it's easy to forget in times of difficulty. We begin to see our own struggles and feel like we're all alone. Life is not always easy, and if we can remember that in those times, we can remember to persevere. Because life is also not always this hard. Life is not always easy, so just be prepared for those times. Verse 12 of chapter 4 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you. Don't be surprised at this. I hear people everywhere I go in this current situation say, I've never seen anything like it. Neither have I. I hope I never see anything like it again. But we are prepared. We are ready. We can endure. We know that generations before us have overcome greater obstacles than this. Life is not always easy, but be prepared. Don't be surprised when difficult things come along. And then it says that they come along for a purpose. They come along for the Christian to test us. Now, God is not hoping that we're going to fail this test. No good teacher gives out a final exam hoping that the whole class is going to fail. Teachers give tests for many, many reasons. One is so that they can see what learning still needs to take place. Another lesson uh, is so that the student will, will put the effort that is needed to be prepared and meet the expectations. And, you know, a third reason is to reward the accomplishments and to build the confidence of those students knowing that, hey, you know this stuff. You've learned this material. You've gone through the fire, and you're ready for something new. We're being tested now, not because God wants us to fail, but because he wants us to be sure we put effort into being prepared. He wants to be sure that we know what we can accomplish. He wants us to be able to look back on this and say, with God's help, we overcame the COVID pandemic of 2020. We can overcome whatever comes our way next. Life is not always easy. So be prepared. It's just a test. As those, sometimes we, we see it though as it was something strange happening to us. There's nothing really strange about this other than the fact that we've never experienced this particular thing before. Many other trials and tribulations have come. Secondly, I want you to understand today that Christian unity and a cooperative attitude are essential to our success in adversity and in suffering. You know, just as life is not always easy, it wasn't easy for those who served in Vietnam, but they weren't standing back in bewilderment and in awe going, why is this happening to us? They jumped in and did what had to be done, and they aren't the first group of Americans or human beings to do so. But one of the things that they did understand is they were in it together. They had to cooperate. And unfortunately, in, in that war, there was a polar divide politically. But the soldier in Vietnam was dedicated to the mission. They were united, and they were cooperative in their attitude. We today live in a world that is similarly divided. Many, in many ways, on political lines or for political reasons. But let us not be divided. Let us be united and cooperative in our attitude. Verse 13 says, Rejoice insofar as you're sharing in Christ's sufferings, so that you may be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. You know, the, the word there that we share in Christ's sufferings comes from the same word that uh, the, the word fellowship comes from, the word koinonia. And uh, we sometimes, as free will Baptists or Baptists in general, sometimes think fellowship has something to do with fried chicken. And, uh, and it's okay that some of our fellowship does involve uh, food and eating. It's a, it's a joyous time to be together. Jesus ate uh, and celebrated in many ways when he was going around with people. But koinonia fellowship is beyond that. Koinonia fellowship is sharing in everything, the experiences of life. So it's not just talking together and being together for a few moments. It's actually being immersed in each other's lives. And we're to rejoice in being immersed 
in the life and the experience of Jesus Christ. And that's what sharing in his suffering really means. And we should rejoice that we have an opportunity to do that. That we are, uh, as it were, uh, on this Memorial Day, that we are soldiers um, with him in the battle for righteousness and for our own salvation. It says if we're reviled for the name of Christ, that we're actually blessed because there's going to be glory that's going to come and it's going to rest upon all of us who stay in the united cooperative with a united and cooperative attitude with Christ. There are a, there's a checklist that's available down in chapter five verses six through nine of how we keep this attitude, and I want you to kind of apply this checklist to yourself. Uh, please don't apply it to other people. Apply it to yourself. And if everyone would apply this list to themselves, I think we'll begin to see our way through. Verse 6 of chapter 5 says, First, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. I hear a lot of people saying today, I have a right to this, and I have a right to that. Well, certainly you do. But as Christians, we don't always push to receive every benefit that, is, that we're entitled to. Sometimes we think about the needs of others as well. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. There is a time to stand up and be counted, and there is a time to step back and be supportive and loving and encouraging. Humble yourselves and seek God's guidance in knowing which is appropriate and when. Verse 7 says, cast your anxiety on him. Another way to improve our attitude during this time is to not be so anxious ourselves, not be so worrisome about all the things that are happening, and, and not be so defensive of everything that seems to, to challenge us in any way. Don't worry so much about it. Put it on God. He cares for us. He's not going to allow harm to come to us. We are not the sole defender of our, of our faith. Thirdly, in verse 8, it says, discipline yourselves. We live in a world where self-discipline is, is something that's lacking. Self-discipline uh, self is something that we don't really practice. We want instant gratification. We want things to happen for us to our favor, and we want it to happen now, as soon as possible. Why wait to receive a blessing later when we can receive it now? And that's a really a, a childish way of thinking about life. As we mature and as we get older, we begin to, say that, begin to see that there is great benefit in putting a little extra work into something now and denying ourselves a benefit that would be greater later if we could wait. Let's be patient. Let's discipline ourselves. Let's be alert. Because you know what? There's a roaring lion out there, Satan, evil, the forces of evil in this world that are trying to trick us into, into being that generation that has to have everything now. And so those laurels are held out in front of us and we are enticed and when we grab at them that roaring line grabs at us. Let's do the work of self-discipline and prepare ourselves for the greater blessings that are to come. And the fourth thing in verse 9 says, resist him. Resist him, that being the line that seeks to devour us. Be steadfast in your faith, knowing that we are, that brothers and sisters all over the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. We are not alone. We are not alone. And as long as we stand united, we cannot be picked off one by one by the enemy. We stand united, and we will get through this together. Resist him and cling to one another. In closing today, I believe verses 10 and 11 of verse 5 tell us that we need to know that there are better days ahead. God wants to revive us during this time, I believe. I believe that's the way he's going to use this for the Christian community to be brought together and to and to find a, a new path for itself, we're looking for better days. We certainly believe that they are coming. Verse 10 and 11 of chapter 5 say, Now after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory will himself restore, support, 
strengthen and establish you. To him be power forever and ever. Folks, this is not going to last. But God's church will last. Those who persevere will see better days. All we have to do to be among that number is to realize that life's not always easy. Be prepared for when it's not. Stay united and keep a cooperative attitude. Humble yourself. Cast your anxiety on him. Discipline yourself. Resist the devil and he'll flee from us. Let's not get pulled in by all the laurels. Let's practice some self-discipline and be the people of God that he's called us to be. Let's re-enlist today. Let's sign up for another tour of Christian duty. This time I call on my brother Joe Glover, who's going to bring a special song entitled, Never Made a Promise. Hope these words of, of this song will speak to your heart, and then I'll come back and close with a few final thoughts. He's not all I need. 
promise that he doesn't meet we can rely on his promises if they're true and they're something we can depend on and they're everlasting I hope this series has spoken to your heart it's been a simple message that's been repeated in almost uh, in every message throughout this series tough times are going to come but God has a plan God has a purpose and you're to be encouraged because you are loved and you're provided for and your salvation is secure through Christ Jesus. All we have to do is stay in the fight. Continue to make him Lord of all. Life is not always easy. So be prepared. Christian unity and cooperative attitudes are essential for our success, especially in times of adversity and in suffering. So go through that attitudinal checklist. Be sure to humble yourselves when you have opportunity. Cast your anxieties on him. Don't be worried about things that only God can take care of, and he can take care of all things. Discipline yourselves. Deny yourself when you need to. Be alert. Watch out for those things that would devour you, that would entice you, those trinkets and laurels that you would reach for when they are not absolutely necessary. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Remember that we're not alone, and as long as we stay together, we can't be picked off one by one by the enemy, by those who seek to devour us. So what I'm asking you to do today is to remember that there's going to be a better day if we persevere. Let's stick together. Let's re-enlist, as it were. Let's stay in the fight. Let's renew our commitment to God and to one another and to the mission of Christ in the world today to know him, and to make him known. Now, perhaps, perhaps you feel like you've done your duty. Perhaps you feel like you've done all that is humanly possible. Perhaps you feel like you've been spit at and kicked at and shot at and all kinds of ways you've been disrespected and, and put down, and you're tired of it all, and you're taking things in your own hands now. Allow me to suggest that there's another way. That God sees you and he sees your plight and he sees our plight and he's very much aware of it and he wants to use this time for something wonderful to transpire in your life and the life of your church and community and hopefully in this world. This is a wonderful, pivotal time but we have to be sure that we stay together. We have to be sure that we allow this time to be used for something good, for something gainful and fruitful for the kingdom of God and for our individual lives. Let's re-enlist. Let's make that commitment strong and sure today. And so maybe you've been thinking, my time's up. I've completed my duty. I've done all that I can do. Let me make a suggestion to you that might seem crazy. Re-enlist. Come back. Stay in the fight. Because it is not yet over. And we need to stay together. Not just here physically, but we need to be present mentally, emotionally, and spiritually bound to one another, sharing in the sufferings of Christ and one another. Re-enlist. And you might be saying, well, I've never been in this fight. It's not my fight to begin with. That's over maybe in what I consider a foreign land, a foreign territory, a way of life I do not know anything about. I want to invite you to volunteer. I want, you, I want to invite you to sign up, as it were, to receive Christ Jesus as the Lord the best friend, and the commander of your life. 
And if you haven't made those decisions to re-enlist or to volunteer for the very first time, I'm extending a call to you today on Memorial Day Sunday. Join in the battle for good and for right through Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God in heaven, we thank you for those who suffered and sacrificed on our behalf, and we seek your forgiveness for the times that we have been ungrateful, for the times that we have received the benefits and the blessings without a second thought. Father, there is a terrible price to pay for freedom. Jesus Christ paid the price for our spiritual freedom and for our eternal salvation. And Father, we seek your forgiveness for the for the times in our mind that we, in our attitudes, in our hearts, that we felt like we've done our duty and we're going to get out of this fight. We're not going to stay the course any longer. Father, give us courage and faith. Give us a right attitude of unity and spirit. Help us to realize that these kind of things are something to prepare for and to endure and to grow from, but they don't last. Help us to re-enlist and recommit ourselves to unity and and to cooperation, and to suffering with Christ when we need to. And for that one, Father, and there's always at least one that's hearing this message, that does not know you, has never, never joined in to this battle of good and right, may this be the day by your Spirit guide them and draw them to you. May they become a force of goodness in this world for you and through Jesus Christ. Thank you for hearing our prayers and for blessing us in his name. Amen. Life is not always easy. Christian unity, cooperative attitude is the way to get through these difficult times. God desires to humble us. He desires, desires for us to cast our anxieties on him, to be self-disciplined and resist evil because there's better days ahead. Hear these words of benediction as we depart. Revive us again, O Lord, with indescribable and glorious joy brought with the precious blood of Jesus as we follow in his steps, letting ourselves be built into a spiritual house, fearing not what they fear, but rejoicing to share in Christ's sufferings. God bless you. Go in peace.